Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 14. Today, I am interviewing the incredible wedding dress designer and total girl boss, Haley Page. Haley openly shares about her journey as a designer, who you've likely seen on a little show called Say Yes to the Dress. She shares how she stays inspired, what she loves most about her brides, and the experience that she has added along with her one-of-a-kind wedding dresses. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast with Jenna Kutcher, the live workshop-style business podcast for creative girl bosses. So you can train from the experts how to dig in, do the work, and tackle your goals along the way. Here's your host, photographer, educator, artist, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. This episode of The Gold Digger Podcast is sponsored by HoneyBook. HoneyBook is the management software that I use to stay organized, manage invoices, get paid, and give every client an elevated, unforgettable experience. HoneyBook is offering 20% off exclusively for Gold Digger listeners. Just go to honeybook.com slash Gold Digger to get started and get your life back today. Hey, Gold Diggers. Welcome to today's episode. I am so excited to be introducing you to my friend, Haley Page. You've probably heard of her and you've for sure seen her incredible wedding designs. Haley is a wedding dress designer based in Manhattan, New York. She's been there for 10 years. She also has another store in LA and she is this incredible, inspiring, and this girl is showing up everywhere in the most beautiful way. So welcome, Haley. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad. So if you want to just kick us off and tell us a little bit about your story, I'm so excited to be talking to you. I followed this girl forever, and I finally got to shoot one of her dresses when I did Nastia Lucan's book cover, and we'll have to talk about gymnastics, too, because that's something we have in common. Of course. But I also (laughs) was just dress shopping with my little sister, and I got to see more of her dresses in person, and I was blown away. I just want to do an elopement now for a vow renewal with Drew because I'm like, I need to wear one of your dresses. So tell us a little bit about you and kind of how you got to where you are today, which is amazing. Of course. Well, I'm Haley Page, and currently I design for a few different collections. We obviously have the namesake brand, which is Haley Page, and then we have a little bit of a lower price point domain, which is Blush by Haley Page, 
And then I recently took over Jim Helm three years ago. And then I also designed Occasions Bridesmaids, which are all, you know, within the Haley Page aesthetic. And we also launched a red carpet division that's kind of like our playground for specialty wear and exclusive pieces. And then we also are kind of dabbling with contemporary athleisure. And it was kind of like an interesting segue into, you know, the wedding wardrobe world. And we hope to keep kind of going down those derivative paths of branding for the Haley Page line. And all of our dresses are made in the United States. We're based out of New York City. And we have our design office here as well as our manufacturing and our sales office. And I think, you know, nationwide, we have over 150 stores, and then we're also expanding internationally into Ireland, the U.K., Australia, Dubai, most recently into Hong Kong and Japan. And our main flagship salon is in Beverly Hills, Los Angeles, uh, and that's the JLM Couture retail store. So, you know, it's amazing to see kind of how we've progressed over the past five years. We launched in 2011. You know, JLM is an existing house of brands that houses, you know, Lovaro and Alvina Valenta and Jim Helm at the time. And when I came on board, it really was a nice synergy of timing with where I was in my career and kind of what our CEO was looking for in terms of an aesthetic and what territory we wanted to tap into. Previously, I had been working at Priscilla Boston, and I designed a collection collaboration with Marquesa, which was called Eternal Bridal, and it actually never came to fruition because the company ended up filing for bankruptcy the third or fourth month after I had left the company, and unfortunately, it was a, you know, it was a sad situation, but it definitely created a void in the marketplace in terms of market share. So it was nice to be able to have a platform of manufacturing and distribution like JLM Couture for Haley Page to, you know, kind of dive right in and have an existing infrastructure to, you know, get our name out there and contact a lot of stores that had a nice rapport going with Lazaro and Jim Helm. So there was definitely a lot of multifaceted factors working in our favor with regards to the company. And I think that the, you know, the biggest factor was the aesthetic. At the time, I felt like a lot of girls were looking for something a little bit unique, a little bit of that offbeat, you know, glamour, something that wasn't just your kind of average run-of-the-mill, you know, all-over lace dress. Not that there's anything wrong with that because that can obviously be just as beautiful. But I just kind of always tapped into an aesthetic that was, you know, just a little bit fashion forward, but quirky and had a hint of charm, whether it was in the color or in the embroidery, you know, taking a lot of those novelty factors and making them exciting and fresh. So that's kind of a little bit of the rundown. Prior to that, I was I went to Cornell University and I actually double majored in pre-med and textile and apparel design. Um, they're obviously not that related. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're totally different. I kind of take a whole mantra my approach into life is like everything and the kitchen sink. So it's, <laughs> it's like, you know, the more you kind of expose yourself to different realms of creativity and, you know, intellect or whatever type of artistry or science or anything that you're into, the more you kind of expose yourself to those different worlds, the more well-rounded and kind of comprehensive your perspective becomes. So that's always been something that I've appreciated is just looking into different domains and things that you wouldn't normally think, you know, oh, this is what's going to help you get to this place. It was never that formulaic. 
so I think that that's kind of something that's given me a little bit of a push into just wanting to expose myself to a lot of different things. And, you know, going even further into my background, I grew up in California, and my whole family lives out there now. And, you know, I was a gymnast growing up, and I always loved sewing and design. So a lot of stuff, you know, over time just evolved. And, you know, I guess just kind of having the exposure to a lot of different things really helped, you know, form somewhat of an avenue into where I am today. There's obviously a lot of details I'm leaving out, but it's <laughs> kind of the gambit of it. That's amazing. So first things first, I got married back in 2011, and we were super young. We were 22, and I actually got a Priscilla Boston dress, and it was oh, right when they tiny. were filing for bankruptcy. And so I got this dress, and I was I went into the dress shop after a workout totally by chance, and it was $358, and I literally walked out of the shop that day by myself. I wasn't with anyone. I called my mom. I sent her a photo, and I was like, I think I just found my dress. And the woman was like, I can't believe how affordable this is because it was all French lace. And so it's kind of funny because I definitely didn't have the standard say yes to the dress style dress shopping experience while I did go to Kleinfeld, but I was way too poor to afford anything beautiful there. So that's so cool that you worked there because that was around the time that I got married. So I lucked out in their misfortune, but it sounds like you ended up finding kind of a path through that, which is amazing. So what did, what has it been like for you over the last couple of years? Because I feel like you have gone in so many amazing directions and taken over so many things. Has it felt chaotic? Because it sounds like insane. Absolutely. And it's, I mean, that's definitely part of the beauty of it is that when, you know, you have this fabulous excitement and response coming from the industry, there's this, you know, excitement to really keep delivering and keep people, you know, dazzled by it. There's no better validation than just seeing a Haley Page bride, like, in her moment and being so excited by it, and it's all the more motivating to keep, you know, keep up with it, and so it's like this beautiful cycle of just wanting to continue to present. It's been a wild ride just because when you have something you believe in so much and people are responding to it, it's a lovely momentum, and, you know, when I first came on, you know, we had Haley Page and Blush, but then I took on the Jim Helm line, and then I took on Bridesmaids, and then it was like, we need a ready-to-wear or some kind of red <laughs> carpet line. And, you know, there's just always, it's this lovely, endless opportunity to have fun and keep executing on a vision that you believe in. And, you know, not everything turns out the way you want it to. Everything goes through a lovely evolution in its own facet and, you know, it definitely at times feels a tad overwhelming because I do travel quite a bit for trunk shows. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it is super important because you have to be around the demographic. You have to understand that the girl that's shopping in, in Texas might not be the girl that's shopping in Nebraska, you know, and to have the exposure and constantly be communicating with them is extremely important. And I think social media has provided an amazing platform to find that relatability and connection to the bride specifically. But maintenance is so important. And I say that in terms of 
always checking in and keeping up on things, you know, consistency with your social media presence, consistency in going out to trunk shows, you know, constantly staying on top of, you know, what girls are looking for and what they didn't even know that they're looking for when you're trying to stay on on point and ahead of the game. Because the industry right now, I think, and it tends to be a little diluted. And sometimes when you're anxious to get sales or something like that, you know, you'll see a lot of brands, you know, copying or knocking mm-hmm. off certain styles. And it's just the reality of the situation is that everybody wants to capitalize on a good momentum, but it's all the more reason to stay ahead and constantly inspire yourself to do something different or to think outside the box. So it's good to have that energy because you always want to stay ahead a little bit forward thinking. And if you're going to fail, you know, fail forward because you're you're still moving the ball. So it's okay to take some risks here and there. It's going to keep you at least testing the boundaries and and hopefully finding something that has that fresh perspective. And it it is like, it gets so chaotic because, you know, when you think of a brand, you know, it's, it's not just this beautiful product, you know, it's also about the customer. It's about a lifestyle. It's about creating an energy and like an and an identity almost that people can feel connected to and feel excited by. It can't just, you know, with the wedding dress, it can't just be this, you know, this piece of art. It has to have meaning and a sentimental value. And I think to really have that authenticity, your brand comprehensively has to speak to them. So what you're saying on social media is important, how you present yourself on a daily basis what type of graphics that are associated with your sketching and your avatars and your artwork. You know, it's all like a big, huge world in itself. And I think it's important just as our customer is growing to keep growing as a brand. So even, you know, after she has her beautiful wedding and she gets her dress and it's been an amazing experience, I still want to have that connection with her. And I think that that's where our brand will hopefully keep growing. And, you know, whether we're going into other accessories or hopefully some licensing or something else that can, you know, speak to her, it's really just this beautiful life that's kind of, you know, personified. And you can't slow down for a second. You really can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe if at times when, you know, I, I know that you had a question about when you feel like a writer's block or a designer's uh-huh. block, you know, and that's so true because I think in any profession, not even creative, but just like sometimes you have ebbs and flows and there's moments when you're just like, I'm so overwhelmed and there's a lot going on and, you know, I need to take a step back. And even when you do take a step back, you can still put yourself in a position that's going to be productive going forward. You know, for me personally, Personally, like if I feel really stressed out, if I go for a run or I go into the gym and just sweat a little bit, it definitely resets me. And that's something that, you know, I feel like is good for feeling like I'm down or something. Or just like going out on a night with my friends where I feel like I'm around girls that are in different professions and they have something to bring to the table that makes you think about something else, you know. So Mm -hmm. that's always important to kind of balance it. But you got to keep up with it. I think consistency is the most important thing in running a business. Yeah. Well, and I have like, oh, I have a million things. This is incredible. You are incredible. Thank you. (laughs) So here's a serious question because I feel like from just watching you from a distance and just seeing, I mean, you are incredibly business savvy in a really smart way. But do you ever feel like, because being a gymnast, something we have in common, we are very competitive. We're very hard on ourselves, but we always strive to do the best and be the best. And I think we're also innately people pleasers. When you grow up in a gym, you have your coach, and you just want to make them happy, and you want to serve them in a way. As a child, 
has that been like that in your business? Because I know for me, I feel this like moral obligation to just serve, serve, serve. And sometimes I take a step back and I'm like, I am depleted. Like I need to slow down and kind of what you're saying, like go on a walk or go out with people and not talk about work or whatever that looks like. Has that been something for you too? Yes, absolutely. And that's why I feel like I connect so quickly with, you know, with the other gymnasts or girls mm-hmm. that are, you know, if they have been in gymnastics. And I think that the skill set that was most important to me that I developed as a gymnast was self-awareness and just being extremely, just constantly analyzing myself, you know, mm-hmm. and my performance. And obviously the other factor of that was, you know, pleasing a coach or making sure my parents were, you know, felt proud of me. And it's okay to have that, you know, that pressure and to want to do well, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But at times, you know, just like you said, it can be, it can start to feel like all you care about is wanting to, you know, deliver and wanting to, you know, have this, you know, live your life to the fullest and be the absolute best you can be. So something that I think I learned over time was how to create more of a balance and to still have the fun with Mm -hmm. it. Because in gymnastics, I had, and I know that a lot of gymnasts felt this too, is like there was a lot of intensity and you were constantly working so hard and you had an extreme dedication to something that a lot of people just, you know, they really can't understand unless they're in the situation. And it's not just your performance, it's also your appearance and how, you know, your personality on the floor exercise or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times it, it feels like you're just doing a job or you're going through the motions. So I think thoroughly enjoying something and making sure you're having a good time and bringing that humor almost into it is so important. And, like, I just – I feel – like gymnastics has really helped on so many levels with with regards to all that and self-awareness. And I think with the bridal industry and being a wedding dress designer, it's kind of come full circle for me, not just because I got an opportunity to work with these other gymnasts that are so incredible and amazing, but just because, you know, you have a sentimental value behind it all and it's an emotional process and having almost like an emotional intelligence is also really important in how you run your business because a lot of times, you know, you care so much about things and, like, every single dress that, you know, we design or whatever, I'm just, like, so attached to. Um, But at the end of the day, you do have to have the counterpart of the mechanics and in running the business and understanding a margin and a sales structure and how, like, you know, as much as you love having an all-over sparkle rhinestone gown, you know, only so many girls can afford it and you want to kind of maintain a certain price point and a certain delivery time and all this stuff. So it's definitely a lot of moving parts and you have to, just like you put yourself into different events in gymnastics, you have to put, you have to wear different hats and put yourself into different situations within the business to hopefully help make it run more smoothly. And yeah, that's definitely something that's been a helpful skill in my life that I picked up from gymnastics so I've also found that as gymnasts we function best when we're busy do you agree because I feel like I used to have to do my homework on the bus before I would go to practice because then I'd be at practice from like four to nine and then I'd go home and go to bed so unlike other kids who'd have time to do homework at night I mean you never watch tv I ate dinner at the gym like you know, and so it's funny because I always laugh because it always feels like when I'm busiest, I'm actually doing my best work because you don't have time to second-guess things. You just have to go with your gut, 
make decisions and move on. And I think that a lot of creative people struggle with that because we're perfectionists. But at some point when you're running an empire, in a sense, you just have to get stuff done and move on. And you can always make it better later on. But I feel like a lot of times you just have to hit publish and go on to the next thing. Because when you dwell, you're usually not creating anything better. You're just dragging your feet. Do you agree? No question. I totally agree with you. And especially in a creative world, too, I find myself, I call it procrastinating. Yep. Instead of procrastinating, you're procrastinating. And I, like, literally go on these tangents, you know, like with one sketch, and all of a sudden I'm on, like, these ideas for coloring and all this other stuff that it's like, <laughs> is this really that important to do right now? And so when you're busy, you're just, you don't really, you know, have the time to do the the helicopter dance around every little thing. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you for sure. (laughs) Definitely. So what roles, I mean, you are serving so many different roles in your business. What is something, let's say in this new year, that you want to get off of your plate or potentially outsource so that you can focus more where you're best? Because now you are doing so many different things and your time is limited and you're married, which we'll talk about that in a little bit. But what is something, I love outsourcing, and it's something that I've really taken a liking to. Is there anything on your plate right now where you're like, I just got to get this to somebody else and teach them how to do it so that I can focus where I'm better? Yeah, absolutely. I think delegating is probably one of the most underrated parts of running a label and a business is giving the, the relinquishing the control and basically, mm-hmm. you know, believing that somebody else can execute and do well. And I have assistants that I work with and they are so incredible and passionate at what they do as well. And, you know, passing off, you know, some of the even artistic work to them and, and having them do embroidery layouts and, you know, here's the reference, here's my sketch, here's everything that we've got. And what I want to achieve, you know, can you do the color coding and all of the handwork involved in the original submission for the embroidery, you know, stuff like that, that that's really time consuming and meticulous and just, you know, learning to delegate and allow, you know, allow somebody else to really get involved with that is going to be very helpful for me, you know, especially since we have a magnitude of different brands and each one kind of addresses a different look. So it's, yeah, I think delegating is a big, big factor for sure. And I also feel I'm very passionate about social media and mm-hmm. the, the the personality that you can convey. And so I don't really see myself ever jumping away from Instagram, yeah. um, but definitely having somebody that can help address a lot of the questions that I get, you know, on yeah. all the posts and, you know, keeping that interaction up having help with social media and PR is going to definitely always serve an advantage for me so that I can work on other things. (laughs) Definitely. And I've even gone to, I'm like, I don't even have half the followers you do, but I mean, every post gets around a hundred commas and it's like the amount of time it would take to respond and graciously thank people. But I'm like, I'm reading everything. I'm seeing it. And I'll respond to there's a legit question. But sometimes it's like, we would be on there for like hours after you hit publish because you try to get back to everyone, so it is really hard, but I think, yeah, I mean, it's so valid, and I've done it before where I'll have my assistant just sign in for 20 minutes a day and try to get back to people just because I want them to know I'm seeing this, but it's just not where my time is best spent right now, you know? 
For sure. And I I definitely, one of the things I want to work on, too, is the sense of guilt, because a lot of times I yeah. do feel like, okay, well, these people are so interested and they're so engaged and it's like I need to have the reciprocation, you know, and right. I need to be able to be accessible to people, you know, and even if it's not me directly, it's at least somebody getting back to them. And I, mm-hmm. I definitely feel really strongly about that just because it's, you know, it's taking them time and they're searching for address and, you know, we need to be able to educate and make sure we're giving them proper information on where to find things and, you know, and the guilt thing is also something that I feel with workload because a lot of times I don't want to give work out because I know I can do it myself, but it's it's not about me being able to do it. It's whether or not I have the time to do it and it, you, you do have to prioritize and and try to get a little bit more of a realistic approach to what you you have time to do and what, you know, yes, we know we can, you can do it, but let's make sure that Should somebody else be doing it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I know that's, but that's, a hard, that's a hard thing to kind of come to terms with sometimes for me. It is. Well, yeah. and especially when you start smaller, you are doing everything. Your hand is in every aspect of your business. It's in every project, and you learn all these different skills, which is incredible. But just because you've learned them doesn't mean that you're quick at them or efficient or even really good at them. You might just be able to get by. And so it is, it's so hard, though, and it is such a guilt thing. And I think, too, we just impose that guilt on ourselves because we think, well, I used to be able to do this. Why can't I do it now? But things grow, yeah. evolve, and change. So, okay, so let's talk about your wedding. Okay. How was designing your dresses for yourself? Because you had three, right? They were insanely beautiful. Thank you. It was so much fun. I mean, it's so funny because a lot of people were like, oh, my gosh, were you freaked out or scared? (laughs) And it was like, you know, it was so easy because every season, you know, it's a huge presentation. We come up with other designs and it's yeah. you know it's it's consistently cyclical you know when i had the opportunity to just focus on myself it was like i didn't put that much pressure on myself because i knew ultimately whatever i was going to be designing in that period is what i would want and yeah. of course in 6 months it would be something completely different <laughs> and course. so i immediately like this kind of came to terms with that and it is a message that i try to give to a lot of my brides is it's like don't put too much pressure on yourself because no matter what, you're probably going to have picked something different a year later. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of a, the beauty and being of the moment and where you are at a special point in time. And just kind of having conviction in that is going to be your best savior and your sanity because, you know, if you love it at that time and it's what you want, just go for it. So that's basically what I did. And all the dresses were not connected by any means. They were all totally different and just I had a lot of fun with it and I didn't overthink too much I mean I wore like a long sleeve high neck illusion a-line dress in the middle of July you know and I like (laughs) didn't even care that it was long sleeve or I was going to be hot because it was that's the dress I wanted you know so I was like everybody else is just gonna have to deal you know (laughs) and then the second dress was a a crop top with this ball gown and and it had all these silk flowers that were hand painted and that was kind of like a couture memento for me because I wanted it to be really you know, special detailed, specially detailed down to the last, you know, little flower. And I would say, like, I didn't perfectly really pull that off because, and I totally think I made a mistake with this one. I, I wanted to do a crop top, obviously, and yeah. it was very new in terms of, you know, wanting to figure out the mechanics of it. And the skirt ended up being super heavy, 
Um, and because it wasn't attached to the bodice and I couldn't have the top support, it was falling down quite a bit during oh, the, no. the reception. And I was like, well, this is a good learning experience for me because <laughs> you realize that you can't do that heavy of a skirt if you're going to do a crop top because you need it to kind of sit right at your waist. And if it's pulling down, you know, you're going right. to have a situation. So, you know, it was good. It was, but whatever, you chalk it up as a learning experience. And, like, I had a blast in it, and it was something unique and fun for me. And then the last the last look of the day, I kind of did a sheath with these hologram accents, and it was, like, very prismatic and sexy and alluring. And, you know, for me, that dress was kind of like my red carpet moment dress. So yeah. I didn't think too much about, okay, it has to be white or, oh, it has to be this. And it was just like, no, I just want it to be, like, sparkly and blind people with, you know, mm-hmm. the prisms and the fun aspect of it and it's going to be on the dance floor moving fast so I don't care if it's a little sheer that is <laughs> so, amazing yeah that was, that was pretty much it and the cool factor too after you know I had my wedding it was such a personal perspective you know it was yes. it was okay to be very all about me for that moment and I had zero intention of ever offering you know these dresses I was gonna ask was, did people want I mean I'm sure everyone wanted them yeah it was so cool because for me, you know, when I design, I try to think about everybody else. I really do. It's like, it's not about, I mean, and I happen to like a lot, obviously, of what it designs yeah. and everything, but, but you have to think about other people when you're a designer. It can't just be like a full perspective. It has to have the balance of response. Yeah. And with these wedding dresses, I was just like all about whatever I wanted. And so when girls liked it and said, you know, like, oh my gosh, we should offer these. It was such a, that was like a cool wedding present for me because I was like, mm-hmm. wow, somebody else likes exactly what I like. I mean, that's such a cool thing. And I couldn't wait to get them on, on the collection because Aww. girls were like, these are great. And I'm like, thank you so much. Like that was such a cool compliment for me because, you know, I was like, okay, cool. Like here they are. You take them now. I've, I've worn them and I can't wait for you to have your experience with them. And honestly, like when I see somebody in, you know, the page or the Haley dress, I'm just like, that's when I get the most emotional just because I'm like, I feel such a huge connection to my customer, you know, or yes. such a huge connection to another person. So that's what, I love it. That's <laughs> awesome that you didn't covet those designs either. Cause I think it could be really easy to just be like, this is just me. It's one of a kind. But I kind of love that, too, because, like you said, it does free you up to say, okay, I can step outside of the box a little bit and do these crazy things I've been thinking of or those, you know, one-of-a-kind things that I've been questioning if it's going to work or if it would resonate with an audience. And so hopefully that kind of inspires you, too, to, like, just follow your gut and whatever ideas you're having. Because I think, too, you know, being a wedding photographer, I've shot well over 100 weddings. And as a judge... Yeah, lots of weddings, but it's, you know, every dress is so unique, and you can tell the brides that truly just love their dress, and they, like, can't wait to get in it and don't want to take it off. Then there are some people who are just very impartial about it, you know, it's just a garment for their day. So what is your ideal bride? Because I feel like you know them really well. It's so hard to really illustrate exactly who my favorite bride is because I think that part of what makes design so engaging and challenging is knowing that every single girl is different Mm -hmm. and that for me is endlessly inspiring because you are constantly going to be meeting somebody that brings something new to the table 
So for me, the, the ideal bride is just somebody that challenges me back a little bit, that gives me an opportunity to go into a different territory or feel like, okay, well, she she wants, you know, this kind of a shape, but she wants this much of a low back. How can I construct this to make sure the proportions are right for her? So, like, ultimately, I like all types of brides. I think the most challenging is the one that has a hard time making a decision because they feel so much pressure in that one dress. I think that's always the hardest because they're, you know, they're so caught up in saying, okay, I want fitted, but I also want a ball gown, but I also want this. And it's really hard to help gauge and give advice when they feel so torn because you don't want to pressure them into making a decision that that they don't, you know, fully invest in. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are the challenging ones for me, but it doesn't make it any less of a bride that I'd want to dress, you know. I think it's cool to have so many different girls. And we do have a lot of – I love the fact that there are so many girls of different shapes too because, you know, I, I try to remind that, you know, when you design a dress, it's not so much that you have one girl in mind for this dress, but a lot of times, you know, based off of the proportion or whatever you're doing, there are a certain number of body types that will work for each dress, you know. And what the most important thing, I think, to do is to always balance your assortment. So what that means is that not every dress has to be for everyone, but you should have a collection where there is a, there's at least, a, you know, a good amount of styles that can fit every type of shape or every type of girl. And that doesn't mean you have to be, like, this aesthetic that works for everybody, but you have to think about proportion for sure. And I think that's important, too. You know, you can't be everything to everyone, but at the same time, it's okay to kind of play different notes with every dress. Um, I love that. And that's, you know, that's good good music for me. <laughs> that is awesome. It was so interesting going dress shopping with my sister. So she's six years younger than me, so she's the exact age that I was when we were engaged. And it's such a different wedding world out there, especially with things like Pinterest and, you know, Instagram and stuff. And when she was looking at dresses, I'm like, if you find one, you need to, like, stop following people that will make you second guess that because she's been known to do that and have, like, buyer's remorse. And we are just not the kind of people that make very spontaneous decisions. We're well-thought-out people. And so it was so interesting to see because she's so, I mean, she's so beautiful. She looks good in every single dress. And so it was more about evoking a feeling than just looking good. And, you know, you want a dress that you feel good in and that you're excited to wear and that you don't mm-hmm. want to get rid of after the wedding day. You know, things like that where you have to really think. So it's so interesting to see her go through that experience. And I agree, too. One of the hardest things about photographing weddings is the element of pressure. And I think that it is sometimes self-imposed. A lot of times it's imposed by family. And it's this idea of having this one incredible, magical day, and then it's almost like your life is over after that. And you spend so much time planning it. And so what I've always said is that I want to work with brides who want to have a marriage more beautiful than their wedding day. Especially now, I'm sure you understand, now that you're married, you know, your wedding was this incredible day, but it's just one day. And it's such an incredible day, and you get to celebrate and be with all of these people who you might not ever have in the same room again. But every day after that is a marriage. So what has it been like transitioning into married life, especially with you being gone so much and working so much? I know that that's been a big struggle for us, and I just have a really strong drive and a love for what I do, and so I could work all day and all night, 
But shutting down and just spending some really quality time with Drew every day is definitely a priority and something we have to work towards often. <laughs> so what is that yeah. for you guys? Absolutely. And I, I, that resonates with me as well on the same facet. It's, I just, I absolutely love what I do and I feel such a responsibility and uh, passion for what goes on. But ultimately, you know, you have to have a life to be able to work to your fullest, you know, potential. And, and with Danny, you know, He's provided, he's been such a source of support, but he's also provided a humor in my life that I've needed. And mm-hmm. it's coming home and, and having the freedom to just be a little silly and, and not take things so seriously is really a good medicine for me. And it brings me back to just the emotional value of life and why, you know, it's not just creativity that we're doing. It's not just art. It's it's making mantra and making meaning and it's really, really important to keep balancing that into as much as you want to nurture your, you know, your career and do what you feel like you've been put on the first to do, you still have to be in the moment and be very mindful of your relationship and why that's such an important and pivotal part of who you are in your career as well. And, you know, every relationship requires work and nurturing and, you know, two weeks after our wedding, my husband actually got really sick and ended up in the hospital. And my dad is a general surgeon and ended up saving his life. Oh <laughs> and my so, like, gosh. we, like, really dealt with the in sickness and in health, like, two weeks after we got married. And that really just kind of shocked us right out of the whole wedding, you know, excitement and production and the pomfantry of it all. It was, like, quickly came down to a, okay, it's it's survival time. Like, we've got to, like, get you healthy and get you back and everything. And so that was, you know, a really, I guess, unique way to kind of segue out of this honeymoon phase. Yeah. And I totally relate to that, too, because you just, you know, it's almost like this post-wedding depression where you're like, oh, my God, I put all this work in and now it's just over. And it's so funny because I try to that's why I try to think of a brand in terms of longevity and why you don't want to just, why I eventually don't want to just cater to one part of the wedding day. You know, I want to have more of a connection beyond just the wedding dress. And that would be my ultimate goal with the Haley Page brand is to be able to address other factors of your life, you know, and the magic and the effort that you put into your wedding day is something that you should see the beauty and paralleling in your marriage as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and every dinner date is an opportunity to dress up and feel special and that you're a wife and a half to someone else. And, you know, it's just it's something to really take pride in and continually be consistent with, of course. And I definitely am so lucky to have somebody that at least – appreciates how distracted I get by the common sparkle. <laughs> I, I, like, imagine you walking down the street and, like, we're all, like, but it's, like, glitter. That's exactly what I do. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, and I think you're so smart, too, because a lot of people in the wedding industry forget to focus on the experience because in their minds they're like, I am serving this person on one day, and then I probably won't have them as a client again. And I do not allow people to fall into that train of thought. I am just a wedding photographer. I'll sometimes shoot anniversary photos and things like that. But generally speaking, I only work with my clients during the wedding planning experience. Right. But if you can serve their parents and their wedding party and their grandparents and their guests well, 
I mean, I have booked so many weddings off of just solely being kind and present and engaged on a wedding day because then their bridesmaids come back. And it's not, you know, the bride alone is not your client, especially when you're creating something that is an heirloom quality piece of their wedding day, like the dress or the photos or whatever that is. And I think that a lot of people go into it with, not necessarily a poor attitude, but not understanding the complexity of what creating a story and helping be a part of somebody's wedding day story can really be in your business and in your life. And so I always try to approach a wedding day as like, this is, I mean, for generations, like they're going to see these photos and this is going to be a piece of their family. And, you know, you just never know how the work that you create can touch people's lives and not just your clients' lives but the people around them. So I love that you're forward thinking on this because it'd be so easy for you to just be like, all right, I'm going to work with her on her wedding day and then that's it. And I think it's brilliant because once people become a part of your brand, it's almost like they're a part of your family. And so, you know, they have this affinity to you and what you create. And so how amazing to be able to start branching out in more directions so that you can have those clients for life. Like, that's amazing. Absolutely. And to your point of view as well, it's so apparent in your style and even just your presentation on social media too, what a unique perspective you have. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about how wedding photography has really evolved into this storyline of, Mm -hmm. you know, how the photographer really captures the magic of that day and in what, you know, not physical filter they put it in, but what lens they really come off and show the beauty of that day. And yours, I mean, your Instagram is so aesthetically pleasing, it's not even funny, but it's like, it's so cool that you're able to, like, get that across, you know, especially on a social media level, because that really does bring a lot of attraction to your style of photography and being engaging on that day and having, gosh forbid, you know, a bit of a personality is really what's going to set you apart from other people as a photographer. So and mm-hmm. it's really cool. And I compliment, I take my hat off to you as well. Oh, you're so <laughs> Well, one of my brides for next year is wearing one of your dresses. And she excitedly emailed me to tell me that when she saw that you're going to be on the podcast. And so I get to photograph one of your dresses next year, which is pretty much Super exciting for me, so I'll make sure you get tons of beautiful photos. Has that been oh my hard gosh, for you at all to get photos of your work? Because I know that something a lot of photographers struggle with, and I did until I finally got help in this area, was getting all the vendors their photos. Because to me, it's my work, but I'm just blessed enough to photograph other people's work. And so my whole train of thought has always been share as much as you can and share freely and give people stuff has happened hard at all, especially when it comes to curating your feed because you're having to mix so many different styles of photography and images and styling that you can't necessarily be as in control as somebody else who can take their own images. Has that been a challenge at all? Not so much. I mean, I appreciate the eclectic nature of it because it shows how different the dresses can look. I love that. And if anything, I just feel so incredibly spoiled because of how gorgeous my brides are and how much effort they put into their look and into their, into hiring their photographer and getting these beautiful images there. And it's such cool content. I mean, it's, and it's free. It's like, it's so Mm -hmm. nice to me how much social media has helped bring such a face and an excitement and an energy to the wedding industry because, you know, I literally can go on 
search for a dress or search for a wedding and find the most gorgeous images. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, I want to still have a presentation on my end and, and put content out that's authentically mine and it comes from my design office and it comes from our shows and it's part of the brand, of course. But I do think it's important to showcase and celebrate these brides because they're just, they are what makes the brand you know, what it is. And it's so funny because I meet these girls on these trunk shows. The first thing I tell them after they find their dress is like, you better tag me on Instagram, <laughs> you know, or I'll hunt you down. I can't wait or to I'll, see you know, what you look like. <laughs> yeah. And they, they put so much due diligence into their research process and finding the dress. Mm. It's like, for me, it's, I should be the one following up and hunting down their weddings and making sure I'm stalking <laughs> them after their wedding day, just as they stalked, you know, my page before. So yeah. it's, it's like just a team effort kind of. And I, love getting imagery I just I almost feel bad sometimes because there is a lot to credit and take and and take into account when you're posting an image and a lot of times you know if you're just regramming or reposting an image it's not properly tagged and you can get into a lot of trouble obviously but it's never is it ever an intention to not credit people Mm -hmm. that are putting the work in so I always try to be really careful with that kind of stuff and I've seen the most beautiful images that I haven't posted just because they're not credited by the photographer and gosh forbid you know I I posted and the, the photographer's not credited you know I just would feel so bad so it does create some bit of a challenge sometimes but I have no complaints it's like so cool to have this kind of content so that's amazing yeah it's really fun it's so great you're so fun okay so tell us just in closing what are three things you're really excited for in the new year what are three things you're just fired up for I know you've got some really cool things happening and obviously just tons of work going on so what's firing you up for 2017 I feel like every year the main source of excitement is new seasons, new collections, mm-hmm. and thinking of new stuff. So obviously that's the number one for me is just having an opportunity to present a new collection. Is There's nothing more exciting because you really do just want to keep, you know, keep the momentum going and keep giving a taste of the Haley Page aesthetic and, you know, keep evolving that brand. But then on another realm, we're kind of entering into a little bit more film work this year. We have a show coming out with Khloe Kardashian called Revenge Body, and it was like a really cool opportunity for us to do something different. And obviously, you'll see when it airs on January 12th. I don't know what type of involvement or to what extent we have, but it was definitely a fun filming experience. Um, And then we also have some stuff coming out with, like, Animal Planet, (laughs) Um, and (laughs) totally random. (laughs) I love um, it. (laughs) And doing more stuff like this at the podcast than anything that's, you know, it's fun to get out there and talk about it and hopefully inspire people, whether it's on a, you know, an artistic level or it's on an inspiration level of, you know, I'm such an advocate for going after your you know, your passion. And mm-hmm. I always say, you know, the dream is free, but the hustle is sold separately. And mm-hmm. I say that because it's like, you know, it's one thing to just want to do something, but to actually put pen to paper and actually go after it and maintain it and be consistent with it. That's where I think the real magic is in it is just being really consistent. And, you know, there's going to be moments where you feel like you're not getting your voice heard or it's not getting the response. But if you just stay up with it, keep up with it and keep putting the work into it, I think you're going to, no matter what, eventually feel the reward and see it. And then thirdly, we also have, you know, some, like I was saying in the beginning, just a few derivative projects that we've been working on outside of the bridal 
specific bridal dress realm. So that stuff is obviously really exciting, and it's a new territory for us. And just as you're, you know, you, I, I've said this before in other interviews, but a lot of times you feel like, I feel like confidence is such a big thing, and a lot of times mm. it takes a lot of consistency in getting validation from people to think you're good at something. And that definitely took me a while with, with the bridal dresses. Like, am I going to be a good bridal gown designer? I have no idea, you know, and it's, it took me a while to convince myself that this was something I could actually do. So just as we're entering different territories, you know, I really want to make sure that I'm strategic with what I'm going into and that the presentation is fully thought through and it's something that's specialized and it's not just, oh, I'm going to go over here in this territory because this seems right. It's more so like, am I going to be good at this and are we going to be able to deliver something that's needed and wanted by people and it's not just, you know, superfluous and something that's, you know, on the outskirts of, oh, I'm going to grab this too. It's, you know, it's like, am I good at it and is it going to be something that the world needs? You know what I mean? I just don't want to bring sand to the beach, like I always say. It's just you want to bring something different and new. So hopefully that's what we can continue to do. Well, and I think, too, as somebody who also runs, like, a multifaceted brand, it's so easy to see these other opportunities, and then you have to ask yourself, well, how is this going to add to the brand, or how is it going to still have our fingerprints on it while being a different branch of what we're offering? And it's a blessing and a curse because sometimes you just want to go totally crazy and do something insanely different, but also you spent years and years and years building up this name and brand, and you want to keep that integrity there. And so I think it's always like a checks and balances system of how much can I push it while still making sense and still resonating with the right people and the people that you've built years, you know, becoming a household name for. And so I think, you know, I totally understand that. And also, you know, we are so used to, you know, being gymnasts and going to college and all this stuff, having people give us feedback. And so sometimes as an entrepreneur, it can get really hard because you're like, well, how am I doing? And that's where I think the danger of getting sucked into the numbers can really happen, whether it's your income or the amount of followers or likes or whatever that looks like, because we're just seeking for some sort of validation. Yes, of course. And you just have to be, you know, I know I have to just be very careful and say like, well, Am I creating this just because I know people would like it or am I creating it because I love it? And, you know, it's just that check yourself before you wreck yourself mentality because we love that feedback and we want to, you know, serve people, but we also have to really stay true to ourselves. And I think that that's always going to be something that we're trying to juggle and figure out. And I don't think – I always say that balance is a unicorn because I don't know anyone who really has <laughs> true balance in their life daily. And so I think it's just something that we always have to continue striving for and seeking out in our lives. So I love that. No kidding. Amen to that. I mean, that really is a special sauce that eat. Yeah, that perspective is very, very healthy and productive, I think, for everyone to, as the takeaway, you know. Girl, you need for to sure. like a million, I think you should have a YouTube channel. I mean, to add one more thing to your plate, because <laughs> I knew you were amazing, and I knew that you, like, had this insane heart, but just talking to you, I'm like, oh, why do we live states apart like let's go get a martini and celebrate like i know there's so much to you that i think too just being in the bridal industry i'm like i you know when people choose me as their photographer i'm like i'm gonna be your best friend like i'm gonna put your shoes on on the day and bustle your dress and whatever you need help with and i feel like you have that same quality which is just 
exactly what women want these days. They just want to feel seen and heard. And I think that not just in your work, but in the way that you live your life, like you are doing all the things, which is awesome. Well, thank you so much. And the feeling is absolutely mutual. And next time you're in New York, hopefully I can take you out for a margarita or something. <laughs> so where can everybody find you online if they're going to go seek out your incredible dresses, which everyone, please go to Haley's Instagram and just, browse for at least five minutes to tell her how incredible she is because that would make me so happy thank you that's so sweet i instagram is obviously i such a crush on instagram it's like my favorite thing <laughs> but obviously instagram is probably the best way to get the most you know just excitement and enthusiasm or to recognize the enthusiasm i have for the Haley page brand so that's at miss Haley page but then we also have obviously our website and we're launching a brand new revised website in the next couple weeks which Ooh, is really exciting. exciting but right now it's just it's www.haleypage.com that's the main one and then obviously jlmcouture.com is the main house of brands hub where you can kind of search other brands under our you know big house of brands and then, you know, maybe one day we can start a YouTube channel. <laughs> yes, I that would know, be amazing. I always feel like I'm such a uh, talkative. Once people get me going, like, I'll just start talking forever. So I always feel like I need somebody to cut me off. But a no. YouTube channel would be pretty cool. I try to keep up with Snapchat, obviously. But and I don't know if you if you have Snapchat or you're used to working with it. But I just I kind of find a little bit of a disconnect with Snapchat because I feel a tad narcissistic sometimes because I'm so... <laughs> Like, am I speaking to myself? Yeah. I feel like I'm talking to myself, but, like, I don't know. I, kind of, I have, like, a little bit of a hard time, so I tried to do these Snapchat sessions for a while. And I kind of go in, in stages where I'm like, okay, I'm going to start doing Snapchat again. But then <laughs> I kind of fall out of it. So it's, it's, I struggle with it, not like I struggle with Instagram. Instagram's my baby. <laughs> yes, agreed. I like Snapchat for, like, one day, and then I forget about it for a few weeks, and then I'll be like, oh, here's a puppy. <laughs> Here is yeah. no. And then I'm like, okay, moving on. <laughs> so true. Your voice sounds, you know, how nobody likes the way their voice sounds. That was one of my biggest fears in starting a podcast was I was like, I'm going to have to listen to my voice and people are going to have to listen to it. But we're our own. You have such a familiar voice, voice though. It's, it's very pleasing <laughs> to hear. So oh, well, you're so hopefully cool. that'll. <laughs> You are the best. Thank you, well, thank you so much. And as always, you can hop on to golddiggerpodcast.com to get the show notes. We'll tag all of Haley's pages so that you can check her out. And we'll probably loop in a freebie for you as well. So thank you for tuning in. Thanks for listening to Gold Digger. Dive into show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. You gold-digging dream chaser, you.